You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. To hell, you deserve it. You will be heated up in hell. Yes? But the best is to be hot. To be hot. Amen? You're welcome this morning. Some of you were seeing you for the first time this year. You have a lot of catching up to do. I must confess. You do, you do. I want to share with you this morning on what I title the necessity of a fire encounter. Amen. How many people want the encounter, want to encounter the fire of God? I want you to see from scriptures that it is actually necessary. Amen. It's necessary. We're praying over the weekend, and my mind started going to some scriptures. Started going to some people that encountered the fire. Amen. There's nobody that encounters the fire of God that remains the same. At least, a living example I know is Pastor Sam. Yeah. The first fire encounter he had was when the Lord came and laid his hand on him. And then after that, he said, for days, the fire was burning on his head. And he thought he was going to get bald. It was that real. Not a sensation, not a warm sensation, a hot, hot experience. He was like, Lord, what is this? What is this? And the Lord said, that's the first deposit. That's the first deposit of the prophetic anointing placing upon your life. Right? Then later on, In 1994, the Lord walked into his room and baptized him with fire. Yeah? Baptized him with fire. He was so hot, he removed his clothes and was rolling on the ground. It was too hot. He said, Lord, this is too much. And the Lord says, I want you to know. I want you to know the reality of my fire. So that you are not afraid when I send you to someone. The the fire of my judgment is more real than anybody's presence. So you prophesy what I ask you to prophesy. Many of you want to be prophets today. But you are not even pursuing the fire. You are not even seeking him. You think... Being a prophet is a popularity thing. Many so-called prophets today are not prophets. I'm telling you the truth. They are not prophets. It's a popularity contest. True prophets are not loved. They are hated. They are killed. 
Come here, prophet, and everybody in the world is happy about you. Jesus said, woe are you when all men say good things about you. Don't be fooled, my people. We know some of the things going on. We can't tell you. It's for real. But it's just sensation, sensation. And everybody's like, wow, wow. Just because someone prophesies does not mean he's a prophet. Most of the people that call themselves prophets are not prophets. Believe me. There's a process God takes people before he puts them into the office of a prophet. And prophecy is not one of them. The gift of prophecy is not the office of a prophet. Don't be confused. The gift of prophecy is a simple gift for edification, exhortation, and comfort. But the office of a prophet is where you become God's mouthpiece. And he speaks, you speak. As the lion roars, there is reaction in the jungle. Okay? That's what Amos says. And then when God speaks, the prophet speaks. But many of them, God has not spoken. But they are just busy speaking what people would like to hear. So they can become more popular. It's okay. Everyone do his own thing. But I want you to know this morning that you don't need a prophet. You need the fire. You need the fire. You need to pay the price. You need to press in. You need to hunger for it. You need to pursue it. Instead of pursuing people that will end up messing up your life. They will mess up your life. They will manipulate you. And at the end of the day, they will dump you. exploit you, exploit your destiny. Many people, I don't know why I'm going that way. Maybe someone wants to, needs to hear this. Amen. I'm telling you, you can lose your destiny following those guys. You can. It will derail your destiny. Be careful. Touch your neighbor and say, be careful. Hallelujah. You need the fire. You need the fire of God to burn in your life. To burn in your life. You don't need a prophet. There's a role for prophets in the body. Make no mistake about that. But true prophets. Mm -hmm. 
And I'm sick and tired of the nonsense going on. I, I and I can't understand how people can be so fooled, so blind to the truth. Yeah. So, just in case you are deciding to go after a prophet, at least go with the knowledge of what I've said now. So that when they exploit you, when they... <laughs> by the time they finish destroying you, you'll remember what I've said. Okay? Tell someone that's good advice. Yeah. Yeah. So we need we need to encounter we need to encounter the fire of God. The supernatural fire of God. We need to encounter it. Every believer needs this experience. Amen. And I don't care what your theology is. Amen. I know people who have experienced it literally. So when the Bible says God is a consuming fire, it's not symbolic. It is real. That's who he is. He's fire. You don't play with fire, right? Yeah. yeah. So we need the fire. We need the fire. We need to cry to God and say, Lord. I want to encounter your fire. Amen. And when that happens, I am telling you, you don't even need to tell anyone you're a Christian. They will know. Then right now, it is so confusing. You can't tell who a Christian is. Yeah. Because the unbeliever is drunk, you are drunk. The unbeliever is, is abusive, you are abusive. He talks foul, you talk foul. Come on. Yeah, look straight. Yeah, they steal, you steal. Some people come to church to steal. You are a child of the devil if you steal in church. You are possessed. And you are going to hell if you don't repent. Come here and say hallelujah and you think you'll fool anyone? You can't fool God, neither will you fool the devil. You might fool me, but you can't fool God. And one day you will stand face to face with him. Exploit people. Defraud people. People are defrauding others. Right in church. They know all the right things to say. They can preach better than a pastor. They've memorized all the scriptures. No fire. No fire. Christians don't enjoy 
Spending time with God. Why? There's no fire. There's no fire. There's religion, but there's no fire. Religion cannot produce fire. You know, there's a scripture in the book of Numbers, chapter 10. The sons of Moses, Nadab and Abihu. These guys were priests before God. Just like their father was a priest. In fact, their father was high priest. And they were made priests before God. And Nadab and Abihu in Numbers chapter 10. Is it Numbers or Leviticus? I think it's Leviticus chapter 10 from verse 1. We see there in Leviticus chapter 10 from verse 1. It says, And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it. Alright? They put fire in it. And put incense on it. And offered strange and what? Unholy fire before the Lord. As he had not commanded them. So there is strange fire. There is strange fire. Strange fire is that fire of lust. That makes you to lust after those you are not married to. It's a strange fire. That's why when it possesses you, you can't control yourself. Hello? <laughs> Happy New Year. Yes. Welcome to 20, 20 fire. Yes. So there is a fire that is not of God. That's the point I'm trying to make. And the fire that is not of God produces behaviors that are not godly. Do you understand me? Yeah. So some people have encountered strange fire. And because they've encountered strange fire, their lives cannot go straight. They've partaken of strange fire. And strange fire is working in them. And because of that, they can't be comfortable in God's presence. Where there is fire, where the fire of God is, they feel uncomfortable. That's why sometimes some people come to a church like this, they don't want to come back. Why? Strange fire is at work in them. These people, God had commanded and given instructions as to how they should worship him. How they should present the fire. How they should live their lives. How they should conduct their lives. But they refused and they chose to do their own thing. The fire is fire. What? Why can't you accept this one? Look at the next verse. Come on, let's read it. One, two, three. And there came forth fire 
from before the Lord and killed them and they died before the Lord. Say, God is a killer. Yeah, you, you, you don't joke with the consuming fire. Well, the consuming fire consumes. Consumes, I'm telling you. So these guys, they thought because they bring fire, any fire is acceptable. No, no, no. Not every fire is acceptable. There is a fire that is strange. And God will not accept a strange fire. Kill them before the Lord. In one day, in one moment, Aaron lost two sons. Two sons. God didn't even bother that. This, this is my priest, my high priest. Do you understand? He didn't say, oh, because they, your father is serving me, your father is this. Boom. No. He killed them. He killed them. Next verse. Okay, so you, you, you put in the amplifier. Let's see what the amplifier say. Huh? Okay, yeah, it's, it's the same. Let's go down. And Moses said to Aaron, This is what the Lord spoke, saying, By those who come near me, I must be regarded as what? Holy. I must be regarded as what? Holy. As holy. And before all the people, I must be glorified. It's not a negotiation. Amen. It doesn't matter how you feel. He must be glorified. Amen. He must be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. This was after his son died. Now, you would expect that Moses would come to start comforting him. No, no, that's a true prophet. A, a true prophet is not sentimental. It's not, it's not like, oh, well, you need to be encouraged now. Let me prophesy this so that you will feel strong. No. Aaron, this is what God is saying. Next verse. And Moses called Mishael and Elzaphan, the sons of Uziel, uncle of Aaron, and said to them, come near, carry your brethren from the sanctuary out of the camp. Come, carry these corpses out of this place before they defile this place. Carry them out. Okay, next verse. So, they went near and carried them by their tunics out of the camp as Moses had said. This is church, brothers. Ah, oh, Pastor, this is Old Testament. Oh, I'm the Lord, I change not. Have you, have you read that scripture? Okay, let's read on. Come on. Just keep reading on until I stop you. All right. And Moses said to Aaron and to Eliezer and Itamar, his sons, do not uncover your heads, nor tear your clothes, lest you die. Now, this was how they used to mourn in those days. So God is saying, I know your sons are dead. Don't even mourn. 
Don't try it. If you do, you will die. You will join them. That's a prophet talking. Huh? <laughs> All right, let's read on. Eh, sorry, go back, go back, go back. Haven't finished that verse. Okay, it says, lest you die, and wrath come upon all the people. But let your brethren, the whole house of Israel, bewail the burning which the Lord has kindled. You see, when we're saying fire, you, you need to know what we're asking for. Are you afraid? Yeah, it's okay to be scared in God's presence. It's fine. It's, it's fine. It's okay. The fear of the Lord needs to return to the church. Yeah. What is missing in the church, I've told you, is fire. A lot of head knowledge. No fire experience. A lot of wisdom that is from a strange source. Strange fire. Fire of jealousy, competitive jealousy. Driving some people. Fire of lust is driving some people. Fire of covetousness is driving some people. Hmm? Different types of fire. Strange fires. You think Satan can power his kingdom without fire? He has his own fire that powers his kingdom. Yeah. He has his own, he has his own fire. But it's strange fire. So when I say you need the necessity of an encounter with the fire, I'm talking about the fire of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. We need it, brothers. Don't run away from the fire. Run into it. When you see the fire of God... Throw your everything into it and say, Father, let it consume me. Burn me up. Amen. Consume everything strange in my life. Everything that has been kindled by the enemy, let them be consumed in your life this morning. So that's how Aaron's sons died, and Aaron could not even shed a tear. He says, Aaron, you are holy. You are mine. You see, when you hear the word holy, it means totally. Total ownership. It's not about culture now. It's not about tradition now. You operate according to the kingdom protocol. Hallelujah. Amen. Say, we need the fire. We need the fire. And we don't want strange fire. I don't want fires that will be competing with God in my heart. I don't want that. I don't want to encourage any other fire. Yeah. Any other fire that comes must be put out. Amen. 
Many times we yield to the strange fire instead of putting it out and kindling the fire of God. <laughs> yeah, the time will come. The Lord told me in the years coming, we have, in fact, the, the Lord told me we've entered into a decade where certain things are going to begin to manifest, Amen. starting from this year. He says, he says that his judgment will increase in his house. Amen. So one of the things he told me while I was seeking him, there will be increasing glory, increasing fire. Amen. And we are going to see many things manifest in the lives of people. There are people who you thought were okay. By the time the fire exposes them, you will be shocked and amazed. Yeah, the Lord told me. So it's, it's, it has begun. Yeah. Seeking God before this year started. So we have entered into it. Amen. And this is not, it's not just a localized thing. This is a global thing. You'll see. People begin to drop dead and, you know, things will happen. Just, just watch and see. Fire from the Lord will go out. Whoop, boom. Let's continue. So, what we're doing introducing you to the fire, you need to be happy about this. need to be excited. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 3. We see John the Baptist. We know that John the Baptist came in the spirit and the power of Elijah. Am I correct? John the Baptist was a prophet. He was a prophet. You want to be a prophet? Read John the Baptist. Yeah. If people begin to hate you because you are speaking for God, then I think you are in good company. But if everybody loves you, I'm afraid. I hope. <laughs> uh, I hope it's not another fire working. Glory to God. Amen. Now, uh, if you read from verse 1, I'm not going to read from verse 1 because of time. If you read from verse 1, you will see how he was preaching in the wilderness. He was commanding people to repent. And, and people were coming to John. People were coming from all over the place. And John is preaching. He's not motivating them. He is preaching some hard stuff. Okay? He's preaching some hard stuff. And the people are still coming. <laughs> In fact, let me, let me even read one of the things he says. Verse 7. Look at verse 7. 
He says, but when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, what? Brood of vipers. Now, hello. This is a prophet talking. These people are coming and look at how he describes them. Brood of what? Vipers. Who warned you to flee from what? The wrath to come. Who warned you? Is he not the one that warned them? <laughs> is he not his preaching that attracted them? Now, why is he saying this to them? I don't know. But brood of vipers. Why is he calling them brood of vipers? That is the nature that they are carrying. You see, when you read the Bible, sometimes you see, you see there are certain statements that are made. And if you have the spirit of revelation, you will understand. He's calling them brood of vipers because that is the nature that they carry. And in the spirit, that's exactly how they look. That's why sometimes when God opens your eyes and you begin to see some people, some people are animals in the spirit. I'm telling you. They are human, but in the spirit, they are animals. So the Pharisees, this is who they actually look like in the spirit. There are some people, I don't know if I should go into those things, but yeah, but that's their nature. That's their spiritual nature. But you see, the fire that we're talking about is the nature of God. So when you go for the fire, you're going for the nature of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? And these, are, these people are preachers. Pharisees and Sadducees, they were preachers of the day. These are the mega pastors of the day. But they are vipers in the spirit. And people don't know. Is John the Baptist the first person that exposed them like that? I said, these people, they're not what you think they are. These are vi vipers. How many people will play with a viper? He says, who want you to flee from the wrath to come? Let's read on. Come on. He says, therefore what? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. The word to repent means 180 degrees turn. Amen. It's not to say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Then you go and do it tomorrow. You have not repented. You have not repented. Okay, let's read on. And it says, do not think to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. He says, look at these stones here. God is able to raise children for Abraham. Don't come without your pride and say, we are children of, we are descendants of Abraham. Abraham is not your father. Abraham is not a viper. Why should he produce vipers? Abraham is a stone. If you read in Isaiah, we're not going there. Abraham is actually a stone. So God says he's able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. 
Haleluja. Next verse. Look at that. Oh. And he says, and even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. You see, he's talking of fruits. Now he has come to talk about trees. It's also describing them in the spirit. So there are certain trees that need the axe laid to the root. Are you getting me? Yeah. And from this year, some trees are going to be taken off. The axe is going to be laid. The the next decade is going to start. I mean, it's starting now. All right? It says, back, back, back. (laughs) Yeah, it says, therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into where? The The fire. Okay. No time to dwell on that. Let's go on. He says, I indeed baptize you with water unto what? Repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. I can't even carry his shoes. This is the one that is coming. Now you think I'm a great man of God. But there's somebody coming after me. I'm not even worthy to carry his shoes. But look at what he says about him. He says, he, he says, he will baptize you back with the Holy Spirit and what? Fire. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Listen, what is the meaning of the word baptize? Is it to sprinkle? Yeah, some of you were sprinkled when you were, ch- when you were a child, right? How many people were sprinkled? Come on. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But the word to baptize. If you go historically, how that sprinkling started, it was out of respect for the emperor. When the emperor got saved, when Constantine got saved, and it's like, oh, the emperor, oh my... How, how can you dip an emperor into water? No, no, no. Emperor, come on. Let's, let's sprinkle you. You are baptized. Meanwhile, the word baptize, baptizo means to immerse. Huh? It's like when you, when, you, when you dye a fabric, do you sprinkle it? No, no, no. Yeah. So, you put it completely, you soak it completely. That is what the word baptize means. So, when he says he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire, he will immerse you. So, John the Baptist was immersing the people in water. He was immersing the people in water. And he says, listen, this water thing I'm doing, this is not the real stuff. There is somebody that is coming. He has the power to immerse you into the Holy Spirit and fire. Hmm. 
I wonder how it will be if we say, okay, there's uh, fire baptism going on in church. Everybody, we put, we put a, <laughs> we set a big fire. All right, everybody, you want to be baptized? Come and enter this fire. And maybe we'll come to church. <laughs> but in the spirit, that's what Jesus does. That's what Jesus does. Today we have tongues, but we don't have fire. Where is the fire? Listen, Christians don't see any reason why they should turn their back on sin. They are now, Christianity is now compatible with sin. Come on. Yeah, it's now compatible uh, on, on godliness and godliness going hand in hand. It's because there's no fire. There's no fire. And I'm telling you, we need the fire. I don't know about you. I need the fire anyway. I'm telling you, I need the fire. I need more fire. I'm saying to the Lord, Lord, more fire. More fire. Consume me. Burn me. Anything. Just, I, I want it. I want it completely. No, I don't want it little fire. I want the complete package. Because John the Baptist said... That this is what Jesus is going to do. But why is it not happening? Because we're not talking about it. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. We don't talk about the fire, so people can't receive the fire. They can't have the faith for the fire because they don't hear about the fire. Why don't they hear about the fire? It's not compatible with a lot of the speeches that we're giving. Hello? Do you need the fire? Amen. Let's read verse 12. Come on. Look at it. He says, His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with what? Unquenchable fire. This is the fire that can never be put out. And we have been praying for Midran to be set ablaze for God. I want the fire of God to to pass through this city. Hallelujah. But we need the fire. Last week, I think I talked about Moses. About the burning bush. Is it last? Is it last Sunday? (laughs) Yeah. Where Moses was by the burning bush and he encountered the fire there. And we can see what he ended up doing by reason of the encounter he had with the fire. I want you to see other people. Let me show you a few other people that encountered the fire. But you know about Elijah. Is the prophet of fire. Yeah. <laughs> His life was something else. Fire made him to stand out Amen. among all the other prophets in the land. Amen. There was another prophet. Let's look at Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 6. 
Glory to God. Amen. Isaiah chapter 6, reading from verse 1. It says, but... 6, verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne. Come on. High and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. May you see the Lord this year. May you see the Lord this year. High and lifted up. Many of you are going to see him this year. I'm telling you by the Spirit. Next verse. It says, Above it stood seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. Okay. And one cried to another saying, Holy, holy. Holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Okay? Next verse. Look. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. When you see smoke, what does that tell you? Fire. Fire. And there is fire. This was not a smoke machine. This was the Holy Ghost fire. Yes. Okay. Look at the next verse. Let's just keep going. And he said, Woe is me. What happened here? Verse 4. Have we read verse 4? Okay. So he said, so I said, woe is me for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Can you see what happens? When there is fire, discernment comes. True discernment begins to take place. It gets activated. Don't come and tell me. Many people say they have discernment. What they have is suspicion. Not discernment. Yeah. Discernment that has no fire is suspicion. True discernment comes with the fire. I'm telling you. Come on, start telling me. Oh, Pastor, I I can discern that this person is like this. You need fire. You need fire. Because everybody is wrong except you. Huh? When you encounter the fire, it shows you your true self. Amen. It doesn't show you people first. Hallelujah. It's you it shows first. Yes. Helps you to see who you are. Amen. Before this time, Isaiah had been prophesying, Woe is you, woe is you, woe is you. Woe to everybody. Yeah. Now he encounters the fire. Woe is me. That's the right starting point. You want to be a prophet and you go around just bringing everybody, pulling everybody down. You better see what's in your eye. Hallelujah. 
He says, I'm undone for I'm a man of unclean lips. He could now see that he was prophesying out of unclean lips. So it's possible to prophesy out of unclean lips. And people will not be able to discern. They will think you are a true prophet, but it's unclean lips that are speaking. A holy God cannot speak through unclean lips. He says, I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. I am dwelling in the midst of them. And the prevailing spirit has also come upon me. And I have become like the people. Like, prof, like, like, like priests, like people. Like people, like priests. Or whatever. He says, for my eyes have seen the king. The Lord of hosts. You see that? When fire comes, you start seeing. You start seeing. And that's why you need to encounter the fire. There are some things you need to see that you cannot see. And that's why the enemy is making a mess of you. Why? Because he knows you are blind. You cannot see what you are supposed to see. You can only see other people's faults. You cannot see your fault. Let's read on. Come on. Look at, look. It says, Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongues from the altar. You see, the angel comes. The coal is burning on the altar in heaven. He uses a tongue to carry the coal. He doesn't use his hand. He uses a tongue to carry it. And he comes to the prophet. Look at the next verse. Look at what he does. He says, he touched my mouth with it. He cannot touch it with his hand. But he puts it on the prophet's mouth. Many of these people that call themselves prophets, I can assure you, have not received a tongue of fire. Prophesying out of greed. Huh? Prophesying. They have not met the king. They have not met the fire. Why? Because they know many people cannot see through. Many people have not encountered the fire. So they will be fooled. They will be deceived. They won't know who is who. I don't care the appellation you attach to your name. I can tell who a true prophet is. Don't come and introduce yourself to me. I'm a prophet. Since when? Hallelujah. Ha <laughs> ha. He touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin is purged. You see, the fire has a way of purging you. It will purge your life. It will purge your iniquity. It will purge your sin. Why does he use the word purge here? If you go and research the word, it means to scrub off. 
Hallelujah. Iniquity is different from sin. Okay? Sin is, you miss the mark. You miss the target. This is the target. You, you miss it. That's sin. But iniquity, ha. Ah. It's another thing. Iniquity. That is that thing that can be passed from one generation to the other. Yeah. That's what is able to pass from one generation to the other. You read Exodus 20, you'll see it there. Where it says, I, the Lord, I'm a jealous God. I visit the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and the fourth generation. It's iniquity he's visiting. It's iniquity. So, is he, uh, Isaiah, what was his iniquity? His iniquity was on his tongue. There are different types of iniquity. This one is iniquity of the tongue. That's why every time he opens his mouth, he's saying nonsense. He can't, st- he can't stop saying nonsense. Iniquity of the tongue. That's why what the angel could not handle with his hand, he put on his tongue, on his lips. Burn that thing out of his life. Then the fire consumed that. Now you can be God's mouthpiece. Now you are ready to prophesy the the, the word of the Lord. Don't go and appoint yourself prophet. God has not appointed you. It doesn't come like that. Because you have money and you know how to, you know, Organize things. And you have the spirit of divination. Where you can call people's names. Huh? Familiar spirit. That is familiar with people's conditions. And is familiar with their family environment. And is familiar with where they are coming from. So that spirit is upon you. And now you think you are perfect. <laughs> yeah, this decade we'll see. God will sort out his church. Amen. 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 Listen, I'm not talking, I'm not saying I'm a prophet. I'm just saying, I'm talking as a spiritual man. But I've understood some things. Hallelujah. So, this was Isaiah's encounter with fire. He saw the Lord himself. The consuming fire. The Bible tells us our God is a consuming fire. Isn't it? That's who your father is. Your father is a consuming fire. So, this guy encounters the fire. And then the next verse, you see what the Bible says. Also, I heard a voice, the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. You see, there are people that are sent, and there are people that send themselves. There's a big difference, I'm telling you. There's a big difference, but in this decade, it's going to become evident. Because he had had an encounter with the fire, now he was ready to be sent. 
Now he's ready to be sent. He didn't send himself. We need the fire. The point of all of this is that you need fire. That's the point. You see, the difference between the church today and the church in Acts is the fire. That's the difference. Those guys encountered the fire at Pentecost. They encountered fire at Pentecost. And you see that. You, You can see that playing out in their lives. That's why they were so zealous. When the fire comes, you don't need to be motivated to do God's will. What? That's what the fire is for. That's what the fire is for. The zeal of God will consume you. That scripture already was was sharing. And I say, yeah, that's the fire. That's the fire. That's what drove Jesus everywhere he went. The zeal consumed him. And that's why you see, if you read in Isaiah chapter 9, in Isaiah chapter 9, there, where he talks about, he says, unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. Let's read it. Then he says, he says that the government shall be upon his shoulders. Yes? Are we there? It says, of the increase of his peace and government... Uh, uh, there shall there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. Come on, look at what he says. The what? The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. That word zeal is fire as well. The fire of God. That's what is going to bring the government of God on the earth. We're praying, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We need fire. We need fire. So the reason why some of you are lukewarm is because you are fireless. That's why you're lukewarm. You need fire. You need fire. Set me on fire, Lord. I want to burn for you. I want to burn for you. I don't know if it's John Wesley or who that said, Lord, set me on fire that the world may see me burn for you. Let the world come and see there is fire burning here. Maria Woodward Ether. That woman was on fire in the 1800s. This woman will be preaching and preaching. She was chased out of the church because she was a woman. God called her to preach, and the denomination said, women are not allowed to preach. The denomination said, refused to allow her to preach. And God, the Lord, visited her and told her he had called her to preach. And the denomination will not allow her to preach. And guess what? She went to the streets and started preaching. She started preaching in the streets. She will stand on top of a truck, and she will preach. And things began to happen. Things began to happen. Sometimes she'll be preaching like this. She will freeze for three days. Journalists, people from everywhere coming and they're writing things about her. She's burning for God. Burning for God. Burning for God. I'm telling you. Yes. And 
she would come back and continue preaching. She was, and this happened several times to her. She will freeze in the middle of a sentence and get caught up to heaven. She'll be in heaven for three days, come back and continue her message. And people thought that it was, it was a prank. And they came, they tried, they put needles, pierced her, tried all sorts of things. And she was dead to that. Hallelujah. And many people, multitudes got saved. Many, many people got saved. And the denomination that said she shouldn't preach because she's a woman, they didn't have the fire. People were trooping into her meetings. Catching fire, going out, doing exploits for God. The fire was being transmitted, being transmitted. Many preachers were raised by the fire. We need fire today. That's what is missing. That's what is missing. I can give you many examples. I'm telling you. Both in scripture and in contemporary history. Fire. Fire. Is it Azusa Street? Oh my goodness. Azusa Street Revival. Go study it. These people were gathered together the fire brigade came because people, somebody had phoned the fire brigade and said, this building is on fire. The fire brigade came and there was no fire. Hallelujah. What was burning? It was the fire of the Holy Ghost. The consuming fire himself came down into that meeting and manifested himself as the fire. And that's what sparked the charismatic move that has been on up till now. It's fire. We need the fire. Our generation needs the fire. This nation needs the fire. Your children need the fire. Your children's children need the fire. You need to have something to transmit to the next generation. Telling you. Not all this nonsense. No fire. We're just, we're just playing games with God now. No wonder the world does not respect the church. No wonder the world is not listening to us. We are like a bunch of jokers. A bunch of jokers. No fire. No fire. Send the fire, Lord. I think I've said enough. Let's, uh, uh, just, let's just begin to ask the Lord. Ask the Lord for fire. As for the this ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.